I am chosen to go to Geneva to the first Reagan-Gorbachev summit, and I cannot believe my luck. I have been assigned the speech to the joint session of Congress that the president will give when he returns. It had to be written and staffed before we even left. Ben said, Assume the meetings will be cordial and frank. Whatever happens, we'll be rewriting every day, and the final draft probably won't look much like the first. But we can't go over there with nothing, so get cracking. What I did to get cracking was to get a copy of JFK's speech to the nation after his first meeting with Khrushchev and attempt to adopt the same tone of confident searching strength. I tried, did all right, but no better. It was an exciting trip, Reagan meeting a Soviet leader for the first time in his presidency. On TV in my room as I worked, I watched the first handshake, with Reagan bounding down the steps in his suit jacket and Gorbachev muffled up in a heavy top coat and scarf. It looked like Reagan versus Carter in the 1980 debate. I met Ron Reagan Jr., who was taking notes in the kitchen of a villa near where his father was meeting. He was writing an article for a magazine and wearing the first Reeboks I ever saw. And I was to meet the Gorbachevs. All I could think of was Nancy Astor and her greeting the day she met Stalin. So when are you going to stop killing people? I wanted to say something pleasant and appropriate, too, like, so when are you going to let the innocent people out of the gulag? But that would have caused difficulties and, more to the point, got me fired. Ben was excited as we waited on the slowly moving reception line in a glittering diplomatic hall. He turned to Jack Matlock, one of the NSC experts on the Soviet Union. Ben said to him, how do you say, I hope communism dies, in Russian? Matlock sputtered, you're not really going to say that. Ben said, how about, your system is cruel and indecent? Matlock said, you're not. No, said Ben, I'm not. Matlock sighed. Soon after that, he became our ambassador to the USSR. Suddenly, it was Ben's turn. He walked quickly to the Gorbachevs, put out his hand, nodded, and moved on. A man took a picture. When Ben got it, he filed it with his unimportant papers. I framed mine and am looking at it now. You notice two things. Gorbachev's amused and attractive smile, and a gold crucifix I wore on the front of my dress to make his face fall off. He's smiling just like a guy who's thinking, this is the one who wants to quote the fascist, wait till I answer about the Negroes in Attica. Hi, I said. Our hands touched and held. I puffed out my chest so he wouldn't miss the cross. He nodded and said something in Russian. I turned to Mrs. Gorbachev. She pumped my arm like a cistern. Hello, I said. Hello. People say, what did they look like? I say, the way they look on TV. She looked like the manager of the Elizabeth Arden in Romania. He looked like a retired hockey goalie. What I remember most from the speech to Congress is the phrase, we went to Geneva with peace as our goal and freedom as our guide. Now that's a fine and meaningless sentence. Precisely the kind of thing a mouse would find eloquent. A mouse did and for weeks insisted on getting it in. Well, who cares, right? It takes three seconds and won't take away from anything. But it became for me a symbol. You know what I did to be mean? Just to be low and snivelly, I went to great lengths not to put it in. I'd take out whole paragraphs if I found the sentence in the third line. Well, he'd resurrect it and put it in the next page. He finally got it included on the plane on the way back, but at least I didn't work for it. 
Later, I received the president's letter to all the members of the official party thanking us for taking part. The letter had been prepared and written before we'd left for Geneva. It was standard pro forma, but one sentence caught my eye. We went to Geneva with peace as our goal and freedom as our guide. 